0: Welcome to From Beer to the Bible with your host, Urban Lee. Each week you'll hear stories from Urban's road to sobriety and steps you can take to help you or a loved one find healing through Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, Urban Lee.
1: Welcome. We've got our good friend Philip. Hey Philip, how are you, sir? I'm doing great, Irvin. Good to be back with you. Hey man, I am so excited. Let's jump right into it. You know how we get it started. We got to invite the presence of the Holy Spirit through prayer. Father, we thank you that you have dealt so bountifully with us in every area of our lives, spiritually, mentally, physically, financially, personally, and even professionally. We give you praise, honor, and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, Philip, uh, we are going to talk about a subject that is near and dear to both our hearts, early recovery, and why people so often Fail, and I know you have some thoughts around it. Let's let's jump right into the area of the role that grief plays in early recovery.
2: Yeah, uh, I gotta tell you, it's something that I've thought about. And and for those who haven't heard my Mm -hmm. testimony, please feel free to go back and listen to that. Uh, I'm eight and a half years sober. Of I, I I my new addiction became recovery running towards something good mm-hmm. uh, to kind of reset and uh, and what what I realized was and I hadn't heard this or read it anywhere any book yeah. or anything like this but then all of a sudden whenever I started to get in touch with my own emotions
3: mm-hmm.
2: and my own recovery. And this, it was more in hindsight. It wasn't in the moment. It was looking back. And I started doing some writing myself and understanding. And I understood that the five stages of grief, whenever you lose someone Mm -hmm. like, which is denial, anger, bargaining, depression and acceptance. Again, let me go over those again. Denial, anger. Mm-hmm. bargaining, depression, and acceptance. Right. Now, these are not linear. They don't always happen in that order, and they're not clean and pretty. Yes.
3: Amen, Amen <laughs> and to that. Not. They do not. Yeah.
2: Uh, and it's not a linear discussion to have. But what I found was that love mm-hmm. and grief are a package deal. Okay, Love and grief That's are good. a package deal. The more you love something, the more you will grieve it. Mm-hmm. And so, what do we know about alcoholics?
1: Well, we, we love and that alcohol. Yeah, there's no question
2: it. about and the, <laughs> it. And because, and it will ruin it if something man. can ruin your life,
3: <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs>
2: and you and you know it's ruining your life. I mean, you must really love it. Yeah. And so, what I what I understood and started <laughs> really getting a grasp of mm-hmm. is that. It is the immediate death of something that's really hard to get over. It's not yes. the gradual death. It's not the uh, yes. anticipatory mm-hmm. grief. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, I, I have a grandmother that's been sick for ten years, and she is uh, uh, is about to die. Right. It, that's an anticipatory grief, and mm-hmm. you can kind of process and kind of get there by the time that the the grief happens but i'm talking about the immediate death of something going cold turkey yes when you're in the fetal position and you're sweating and and, and, And your hands are shaking and and, and, and you know and and
1: then here's the other thing philip is that you know that if you go back to that substance you can fix the way you feel that's, oh, that's the thing oh, and that yeah. that's what's you go so back powerful to the love. Yeah, yeah
2: you it, it's going back to the to the pretty girlfriend or <laughs> yep. whatever it might be yep. that you know is toxic yeah, yeah. it oh, hurts
1: and you you know like is, i know and you know it's going to hurt you know you know it hurts but it hurts so much when they when you check yourself in and you say well i can't have any more alcohol and you're shaking and sweating and that pain is and the enemies there yep. are just saying, "Go have a drink. It fixes all of this, right? That's the easy way out." But and then to your point, that love, it. I always tell people, alcohol just became my god. Whatever it was, I, it, alcohol seemed in my mind. It felt like, and in my body, that it fixed.
2: It, it, it really it, it becomes a relationship, yeah. uh, and, and and it's more important than anything else. Yep. If, if you're if you're out there right now and you're going, man, I I, I could I, I woke up this morning and I could have taken a lie detector test mm-hmm. and I would have passed it. I remember that of going like I'm not going to drink today.
1: Oh
2: man, I'm not going to drink today, and I could have passed <laughs> a lie detector test, but yep. within two hours I was having a drink.
1: Yeah, I said that. Like a lot. If that's
2: that's a love. Yep. That is hard to explain. That is a unconditional type love. I don't mm-hmm. care what bad things you're going to do to me. I'll be there for you tomorrow. And what I realized is that alcohol, whether I was sad, happy, angry, frustrated, uh, celebratory, whatever whatever emotion yep. that I had, alcohol could, it could enhance it, or at least I thought it could. Yeah. Right. And, and whenever I, I couldn't drink like other people, and I realized that early on, I couldn't drink like other people. Mm-hmm. I, I had a 12-year run that was uh, that was pretty pretty hellacious on me, but right. at the end of the day, uh, once I realized I wasn't going to drink like anybody else and I put a death to that lifestyle, the alcoholic lifestyle that I was leading,
3: mm-hmm.
2: of drinking heavily every day yep. and uh and what i was able to really realize is that i put that to death but in those first months yeah and really probably a few years yep. i went through a grieving process the longer a relationship is the longer you have to grieve right. and i uh, there was times of denial
3: yeah the denial <laughs> i don't, I don't have a problem Yep. yep.
2: Uh, there's times of bargaining you yep. know what I think I fixed myself. I could probably go back. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that pops. This is up. all Satan.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: working his magic, and then you uh, then you look at something like anger. It's just like you get upset at yourself, you get upset at others, and, and wondering why you can't drink. Yeah, like let, let's else. let's
1: sit there for a minute. Let's sit there for a minute because yeah. I went through. I would call that my grieving period of anger, looking at my brothers and others and my friends. Ooh and saying, and I would even ask the Lord, Lord, they get to drink and I don't. And you know, it's not that they were doing anything wrong in front of me, but it still was a period of where I was kind of angry that I couldn't drink. And I remember even saying to the Lord one time, why can't I have something else? This is the mind of an addict, right? I'm like, Lord, why can't I have another disease? Why do I have to have this disease? That lets you not know, for real. I, I remember being on the basketball court at rehab, bargaining with God, like, "Why can't I have, be sick with something else?" And now that I look back on, I hadn't thought about it in a long time. Looking back, and I'm like, "How stupid was that? You know, why try trying to bargain with God so I could have what I loved?" Isn't that crazy? That's, it is. It's insanity. And, 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 and of it all.
2: You were going through grief.
1: Yeah. You are
2: going through grief, and no one ever talks about this in your first 24 hours, first month, first year. It's not because they don't want to let you know, hey for some people this is it, it's a completely normal okay thing and yeah. it's not a love relationship it's not an unconditional love but that grief is real and whenever you start to understand and go in and, and reading books on grief or listening yeah. to speakers on grief and under and unpacking that Yes. that you need to uh, be... It's not that you're doing anything, but at least be aware. And this is what I want your listeners to understand is be aware not only of the recovery steps that you need to take, but be aware of those grief steps.
1: Yes, yes. Because
2: you are going to experience them at different times, different, like we said, not linear. They're going to be ups, downs. They're not going to be clean, clean Mm-mm. lines. In no. it. You don't know when it's going to hit you, but if you're aware of it, and then what I would tell you is... Lay that at the foot of the cross. Yep. Daily prayer about hate. Hey, hey, help help don't help remove grief. A... Yep. Grief, has, grief has value. Don't remove the grief. Just help me process it well. Help me find someone else down here on earth that can actually be accountable with me that and talk through that and just know where I'm at. I have friends that have gone through breakups and divorces and this type of thing. It's mm -hmm. the same thing with the relationships. It's grief. You're, you're grieving the loss of something.
1: Well, one of the things that they had us do at rehab and they had a lot of people do it was write a letter to your drug of choice saying goodbye. And then they would make everyone get up and read them to you know, everyone who was in rehab. So you are standing up when I was in there, it was just like 60 people. So you're standing up, reading your letter saying goodbye to your drug of choice. And I cannot tell you in all honesty, how many people were crying? Like to your point, like it, it was like the death of something, which it was, you were never going to have alcohol again. And you saw the raw emotions of, of how deep, the relationship between the addicts and their drug of choice had become.
2: Man, it, it, it is it is a real deal, and, and it 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 and it, what I, and what that took me to was the habitual mind mm-hmm. of understanding what the habitual mind looks like, and those are the daily habits that create ruts within your brain. Yep. And and for for your listeners that don't don't understand what. Uh, Getting stuck in a rut means. Mm -hmm. Being stuck in a rut isn't a wagon wheel in mud. Being stuck in a rut, it's actually a rut of the habitual brain of the daily behaviors that you do over and over and over again. It's creating a, a, a ditch. Mm-hmm. Yep. in your brain that you fall into and that's the habitual mind yep. and so those daily habits of going into this bar that bar this yes. and it, it you're in your sweet spot you're yep. in your rut and it's like it, you can have bad ruts you can have good ruts yep. you can eat healthy and be working out and be in a rut and and that's a good thing but the bad thing for a, a, an addict is mm-hmm. that you get in that rut and it, and it doesn't repair itself. It, you stay right there, and that's whenever you see people that like go back to the bottle, go back yeah. to their drug of choice, whatever it might be. They fall all the way down mm-hmm. to the bottom of that rut and start doing it the exact same way again, but they don't have the tolerance anymore. And that's where you really see some big problems that, are, uh, that come up. Um, and, 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 man, it'll hit you upside the head quick. Well, how do you understand that habitual mind of how do you how do you break the habitual mind? Yes, and that's let's talk about that. And that's the changing the nouns yeah, of your people, places and things in your life.
1: Yeah. And that, you know, we hear that a lot. And I, I have heard this feedback from our listeners. They said, well, changing the people, places and things. What's the optics of that? Talk about that a little bit.
2: Man, I, you got to look at it as who is the person you want to be? Mm hmm. Who is the person that you want to be? Right, you are listening to this show, this podcast, whatever it might be. You're listening because you're you have a desire
3: mm-hmm.
2: there. There's a desire to to be something different than you are today. Yes. So the person that you want to be, where do they go? Yeah. What do they do?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Who do they do it with? Mm-hmm. Then just show up there. And, and,
1: yeah, it's amazing what happens when you show showing up. Man, that is 90, so true, right? That is so true, yes.
2: Instead of just showing up at the bar like you always do, show up at the positive influence place. Mm-hmm. Find somebody that's living a lifestyle that you want to have, Yeah. whether that's a faith-based journey, whatever it might be. You find that person, you go... Who are the people they do it with? What do they do, and how do they do it? And, and, and so, and you just follow them around. And uh, C.S. Lewis wrote uh, *Mere Christianity*, an amazing book out yep. there. And a lot of people have read it. Mm-hmm. The eighth chapter, I think, is called "Toy Soldier," mm-hmm. and it talks about faking it until you make it. Yeah, and that's a little bit of what I'm talking about here. You don't feel you don't feel uh, positive about yourself in the beginning stages right. of the recovery. You're going through that
3: grief. Man, and people
2: push. say. People say, "Oh, you got to do it for yourself." I mean, I didn't think high enough of myself uh, to do it. For yeah, it myself takes myself. a while.
1: It takes a while. It
2: does, it, and so I does. ultimately ended up finding other people of going, "Hey, let's." Ho- I want to be. I want to have a life similar to them, so I'm going to show up where they show up. I'm going to do the things that they do. I'm going to hang out with the people they hang out with. Yep. And all of a sudden, those influences—that's <laughs> the influences that started impacting my life. And the habitual pattern, I started b- digging new ruts. Yes, and digging and, new ruts that are healthy.
1: And let me let me let me jump in right here because there, yeah. there's a couple of things that I I discerned when you were talking. One is we cannot be afraid to ask for help from the people who are living the lives that we desire to have. I have found this true in my own life. When you ask those people for help, you will be surprised at how many of them are willing to help you walk along your journey to recovery.
2: Man, well said and so true. People want to help each other. They do. In fact, whenever you, whenever, and in fact, we talk about the 12 steps in the recovery uh, stages, the big book and all that. And, uh, and whenever you look at step 12 and, and and it's not just steps for getting out of drugs and alcohol, it's a good life lesson.
1: It really, truly it's is. Just,
2: it, it really is. And whenever you look at that 12th step, whenever it's having the spiritual awakening yep. as a result of this step, we have tried to carry this message to other addicts mm-hmm. and to practice these principles and affairs with everybody else. So it's about carrying the message forward. Yep. Guess what's innate and, and woven into every person. Step twelve. Yeah, it whether is. Whether you're an addict or not, a drink, drugs. It doesn't matter. It is wo- God is woven in to help others, and having a spirit that is not afraid to help others. And if so, if somebody is reaching out and asking for help, we can't help but to say, "Man, if I have something that can help you, yeah, that I'm here.
3: Yeah, what that can vulnerability, I do?" To help?
2: mutual vulnerability equals closeness. Yeah. Well, and whenever you reach out to somebody in a vulnerable state and you say, I need help, that's the first step of mutual vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And now they, their job is now to be vulnerable back to you. If they don't, then move on, find somebody else that's willing to be vulnerable and work with you. Yeah. There's plenty out there.
1: I, I Earlier we talked about it and we said the word transparency, and that doesn't yeah. seem to be a very popular Thing in our world today, um, transparency, right? To be able, because if you ask anybody, you walk into a room, hey, how are you today? Oh, good, good. I, if I had a dollar for every time someone says to be good and I'm sitting there saying, wow, everyone is good, right? I'm always, and I get engaged in the conversations with the ones who say, oh no, I'm having a very bad day today. Because then I know that they're being real and authentic and I think we've almost been lulled to sleep to say when someone asks us how we're doing or we need help, we aren't transparent. So talk about the importance of transparency to early recovery. And
2: then early recovery, what I'll tell you, in my licensed drug and alcohol counselor, Ken, mm-hmm. uh, early on, and, I, and I'd spend a couple two to four hours a week with him and, mm-hmm. and in a group, and uh, early on, what he talked about, he goes, do not be the three-year-old that tells everybody they have to go pie.
3: Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> like, that's <laughs> not what transparency looks like.
3: No, not goes, no, at
2: You have to develop a rapport and a relationship with, uh, with someone and, and have a trust
3: mm-hmm.
2: with them. Yes. They have to live a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And have, to have shown you that they're capable and equipped mm-hmm. to work with you yeah. or to at least advise or give you counsel. Yes. We're, we're called to have uh, our VIPs in our life, our very important people in our life yeah. that act as our board members. Mm-hmm. Who do you invite to be the board members? Yeah in your life. yes, And that's where the transparency happens. That's the inner circle, Mm -hmm. that you're the most transparent with them, and that you're able to have, like, that time of confession, the time of uh, healing, the time of prayer, the time to become who you want to be. Right. Who God, who God planned for you to be. And you can't do that on your own. Satan wants you to, to be an individual and retract and try to do it on your own and be your own
1: person. Oh, yeah.
2: And this individual lifestyle and mentality and just saying, I'm good.
1: No, that in that because right that's there the, leads that's, you back.
2: The, that's the IG. That's mm-hmm. the IG lifestyle, Instagram lifestyle of I only post the highlights. I don't post the lowlights. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. And,
2: and 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 it's it's a it's something wrong with our society today that that it is looked down upon to be transparent and vulnerable, and especially as men. Yes, yeah. I, I feel like it, it, that has been attacked in a different kind of way mm-hmm. of saying that. The transparency and vulnerability, that, that is weak. That shows weakness. Yeah, and the yeah. strongest men that I know in this world are the most vulnerable and the transparent, and they are asking for help and what they don't know every single day. Yes. And they surround themselves with people that are smarter, more loving, more mm-hmm. caring. And they, they, they want to be the, the smallest in the room, not the biggest. Yes. But unfortunately, we've built a society where you want to walk into a room and you want to be a man.
1: Yeah, you, you want, want to everybody, be, everybody to be everybody looking wants to you. The man. Yeah, yeah, everyone wants to be. we got a couple minutes, and I want to talk about yeah. real quick, just pivot to the importance of self-discipline as it relates to early recovery. We've got a couple minutes, so close us out. Yeah.
2: Man, self-discipline is, at it, 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 it times... I think it can be an extremely good thing if you, if you understand that, uh, that many times we sacrifice the small steps mm-hmm. for the giant leaps mm-hmm. and everybody sees that giant leap. I yeah. want to be there, but they're not willing to do the small steps along the way. Let's just remove it from our industry of recovery and just talk about working out. Yeah. If you want to go work out or you want a, a body or a look, and you go work out for eight hours one day, and then you go look in the mirror, and you go, I don't see it. So <laughs> yep. you stop. Yep. That's not how you get that. You you go 30 minutes every day until mm-hmm. 30 minutes isn't enough. Yes.
3: And yes.
2: what I have found early in recovery uh, and with people in recovery is that they go do the eight-hour workout, Yeah. and then they don't see a difference, so they give up.
1: Yeah, and they return back,
2: and, to, or the grief kicks in, or 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 you get distracted, mm-hmm. and ultimately, what I'm telling all of you out there is pick something you can do for five minutes a day. Yeah, until five minutes isn't enough,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and then you do ten minutes. Yeah, and then you do fifteen minutes, and then you do thirty minutes, yep. and then you do an hour, and then now you have this uh, this wonderful uh, scalable model. Towards recovery, yes. Not a extreme effort, Got because it. extreme effort is
1: very hard to, yes. to keep up. It is, and thank you for that, Philip. And we're going to have more on the other side with Philip.
0: We'll be back with more of from beer to the Bible, right here on the Word one hundred point seven FM. Finding addiction help is intensely personal, and the differences in options may not be immediately clear. Hampton Ministries was founded with the intent to provide people struggling with substance and behavioral issues with guidance to find the best environment for their well-being and recovery. Our main focus is to help those who use drugs and alcohol to break free and learn to cope with life circumstances. Hampton Ministries provides a rehab welcome kit to provide crucial resources to make their journey a success. Utilizing Lonnie Hampton's principles of character, work ethic, and selflessness, Participants learn to hold themselves accountable. We want to help each individual obtain the life skills necessary to live a happy, successful, sober life. If you or a loved one is wrestling with substance abuse and needs help finding treatment or to donate, please visit HamptonMinistries.org. That's HamptonMinistries.org. Welcome back to From Beer to the Bible. Here's your host, Irvin Lee.
1: Welcome back. This is your host, Irvin Lee, from Beer to the Bible, you can find information about the book at com. I want to get back to Philip because this has been such a rich dialogue around early recovery and how to be successful and some of the pitfalls around it. Philip, close us out and let our uh, listeners know where they can contact you.
2: Yeah, well, first of all, I want to say uh, thank you again for having me on and being able to share some things that I'm passionate about. Yes. For all of you that are out there either in your early stages of recovery or maybe even just thinking, I might have a problem, mm-hmm. feel free to reach out to me. I'm on Instagram. You can find me at Yarbrough, two L's in Philip, uh and then YARBROUGH, Y-A-R-B-R-O-U-G-H. You can find me there. Shoot me a message. I'd love to hear from you, and what uh, and maybe some of the the stages that you're in and what that's looking like, what I would say as a message to your followers out there yes. is find a community of people that you can trust. Mm. These actually don't have to, like, if you're, if you feel alone in this, yeah. they don't have to be a real, like someone you talk to and see every day. Yeah. There's YouTube out there with just plethora of information that you can start to absorb mm-hmm. and, and, and take in every day, there's great books out there. i was, I'm a huge fan of Malcolm Gladwell and Simon Sinek, John mm-hmm. Maxwell, those type of people that kind of point you in the right direction. Right. Uh, and yeah. if you shoot me a message if you want any of those and, uh, uh, and, and really, at the end of the day. I've got to give praise to God on this. uh, The amount of blessings and restoration that He has given me, I never thought that I would see something quite like that and uh and he's doing wonderful things in in your life as well and in all of your listeners and and man we've just got to give praise to him and uh and what he's doing and that's all just right. not a christian answer either that's uh <laughs> that's
1: true that's from your heart deal. and we philip we yeah. appreciate you and thank you for coming on and thank you for being a friend of the show and the ministry may god continue to bless you thank you brother thanks
2: for you. y'all have a good day
1: and I want to leave you today with the love. I love you. The faith is in Christ Jesus and the hope is found in the Lord our God. May God always richly bless
0: you. Thank you for listening to From Beer to the Bible with host Irvin Lee. To learn more, visit FrombeertotheBible.com. There you can catch past episode podcasts and find other resources. That's FrombeertotheBible.com.